The Public News Service Daily Newscast, May the 25th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. An 18-year-old gunman opened fire Tuesday at a Texas elementary school. The death toll has risen, 19 children killed at Robb Elementary. Pete Arredondo is the Yovave, Texas, police chief. School has children that are in second, third, and fourth grade. The suspect is deceased, and at this point, the investigation is leading uh, to tell us that the, the suspect uh, did act alone uh, during this hyenas crime. The numbers are in flux. AP reports that three adults were also killed. It was the deadliest shooting at a U.S. grade school since a gunman killed 20 children and six adults at Sandy Hook Elementary in Newtown, Connecticut. That was almost a decade ago. Addressing the nation, President Biden, with the First Lady at his side, said, As a nation, we have to ask, when in God's name are we going to stand up to the gun lobby? He added, Don't tell me we can't have an impact on this carnage. Meantime, Biden is using the second anniversary of George Floyd's murder to sign executive orders on police reform. After Floyd was murdered by Minneapolis police, solidarity statements and pledges to take action came from a range of institutions. P.J. Hill of the Minneapolis NAACP says there's been progress, but not enough follow-through to help black businesses and smaller nonprofits navigate new investments and grants. There's so much red tape to go through that, you know, it makes people fatigue, and then the money is just too slow. A recent milestone is the opening of Minnesota's first-ever black-owned bank, but national research shows a long road ahead in reducing economic disparities. The Brookings Institution pegs the U.S. racial wealth gap at $10 trillion. Meanwhile, Biden's action is getting praise from civil rights groups, but they note the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act still awaits final approval in Congress. I'm Mike Moen. And a newly created map reveals more Americans are being exposed to health threats from proximity to oil and gas production facilities. Map co-creator Alan Septoff with the group Earthworks says more than 144,000 New Mexicans live within a threat radius of an oil and gas facility defined as being a half mile. Septoff says since the group's first nationwide analysis in 2017, millions more people have been added to the threat radius map. 17.3 million people live within the threat radius, up 4.7 million from five years ago. Almost 4 million kids under 18 live within the threat radius. 3.2 million students go to school at 12,400 schools. The gases from extraction are known to increase rates of cancer, asthma, and other diseases. I'm Roz Brown. This is PNS. As the pandemic began, the federal government waived certain certification requirements for nurses' aides to help with health care shortages. Now there are concerns. The initial training waiver aimed to give nursing homes staffing flexibility to address the pandemic. But Richard Mollett with the Long-Term Care Community Coalition says it hasn't addressed the industry's underlying burnout issue. Federal studies, our studies have shown this, they understaff and they exploit the workforce and they count on a a workforce that is going to be constantly replenishable. Mullet says a return to mandating training hours would help both staff and residents, and he contends nursing homes and long-term care facilities need to invest in proper staffing levels and fair pay for their workforce. As part of the grandfathering process, New York is granting credit for nearly half of a nurse aide's required training hours if they've worked for either 30 days or 150 hours. This is Jonah Chester reporting. 
A bill in Congress would extend that training waiver and provide a path to allow using hours on the job to count towards training requirements. And the National Institutes of Health have begun a nationwide research project to better understand how to prevent and treat what's become known as long COVID, as well as to determine who is at risk. The COVID-19 virus has affected millions of Americans, but most people have recuperated from the illness, at least initially. However, doctors say thousands who thought they were done later develop long COVID weeks and even months after the initial symptoms are gone. Long haulers, as they're called, often experience heart and lung problems, fatigue, and cognitive issues like brain fog, says NIH neurologist Dr. Walter Korshitz, a co-director of the study. We really don't understand why that is occurring. So the Recover Initiative, which is called Researching COVID to Enhance Recovery, is trying to understand why this is happening and with that understanding to develop treatments that can help these folks. The University of Utah is one of more than 80 sites in 30 states that are part of the study. I'm Mark Richardson. Finally, Lily Bokey tells us more than 600,000 folks in Missouri have some post-secondary experience but have not earned a college degree or a credential. Some Missouri colleges and universities want to change that through an initiative called Degrees When Due. The University of Central Missouri is one of the participating schools. Academic advisor Brenda Fuhr says they've been working to identify students who've stopped out to see what their options are. They might have to finish up a few course requirements, or they may already qualify for what's known as a general studies degree. She says financial concerns also are a factor. Students leaving without a degree and having debt, that is a large burden for them as they're trying to go into the workforce. About a third of non-completers are missing courses specific to their major. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported, heard on great radio stations, your favorite podcast platform, and find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.